This morning we open John's Gospel to the 21st chapter. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples. Now when we hear afterward, that means after Jesus' death on the cross, after Jesus spent three days in the tomb, and after he was resurrected. This is the resurrected Jesus. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. The disciples of Jesus were adapting, adapting to life, adapting to fishing. That's what we're going to talk about today, adapting to life. In this uh, story from John's Gospel, we find the disciples in the boat. And I love that. Anytime I think of the disciples in the boat, I really picture the church. I, I think that's the best image of the church. We're all in this boat together. Now, it doesn't mean this is the best boat or the perfect boat. It doesn't mean we all agree. It doesn't mean everything is great. It just means we're in the boat together till Jesus comes back. And I love the image of a boat because a boat is generally moving somewhere, isn't it? A boat isn't a destination. I know there's houseboats, but I mean, a boat is generally you get in it so you can go somewhere. Think about that. The church is not a destination. The church is a way forward. You probably heard me say it before that the church, I believe, is the best thing we have till Jesus comes back. Right? It's, it's, it's not perfect. But if any of us were thrown overboard and there's anything floating whatsoever, even just a two by four, we would grab a hold of it, right? That's the way I see the church. We should grab a hold of it because until Jesus comes back, this is what we got. We're all in the boat together. So here are the disciples in the boat. These are these are some of the people, these, these disciples in that boat are some of the people that are going to change the world. Think about that. They're out there in the boat, they're having a bad night fishing, but these are some of the people Jesus will use to change the world. There are millions and millions of people who believe in Jesus because of these guys and, and the women that gathered around the cross, those first followers of Jesus. These are the people Jesus used to change the world. But we find them in the boat here. Uh, they're not having a good time. And it's sort of interesting that following Jesus' death, following his time in the tomb, following his resurrection, following them seeing Jesus in the upper room face to face, 
they went back to fishing. But isn't that our human nature to go back? What's your comfort food? Isn't it something you've made before? Something your mother or grandmother or dad made? A recipe that's been in the family for generations? We'd like to go back to that comfort. Almost all of us have a time that we would call the good old days, right? That we would love to go back to, maybe when our kids were little, maybe high school, you know, when everything was great. And there's something about our human minds that the past seems better than now. And we're completely uncertain about the future. So going back seems like a good idea. There's just something about that. And remember, I talked about this boat as the church. Well, the church generally, or a lot of times, wants to go back, doesn't it? You know, how many times in the church do we talk about the way things used to be? And they were great. You know, the pews were always filled. Everybody went to church. It was wonderful. I've been now doing this for 40 years, July 1st was my anniversary for 40 years. I started in 1982. And I've served churches, and they were always telling me about the good old days. I, I was appointed to a church in downtown Pittsburgh, and I mean downtown Johnstown, and was there a while. And the one guy came to me, he says, you're really great. I wish you were here in the 40s. I said, I wasn't even born in the 40s. <laughs> I know, but it would have been great if you had been here. You should have seen the church in the 40s. I've served churches that when I was there, that was the heyday. And now they've fallen on hard times. It's always an up and down. But the, the church sometimes always wants to go back to the way things were. It's, it's the nature of the church. It's the nature of us as humans. Think about what we've been through, right? We've been through what they call unprecedented times, right? Aren't you sick of that word? Can't we just have something boring happen? And can it be not unprecedented? Remember when it first hit and we just wanted to know when are we going back to normal? We figured it, it'll be a month, maybe two months, three months. How long has it been now? Are we back to normal? I don't, I don't know. It it doesn't feel like it did in 2020, but it doesn't feel like it did before the pandemic, does it? Is, is this back to normal? Is this the new normal? What is this? I mean, there's no one alive that knew what it was to be the church during a pandemic. And there's no one alive that knows what the church is going to look like following the pandemic. If we ever get to following the pandemic. Well, these disciples in this boat, they also had been through some unprecedented things. They had watched Jesus die upon the cross. Some of them maybe had been there or had seen his body placed in the tomb. And then they heard from the women that he had risen. And then they saw him face to face. Thomas wanted to see his hands and feet and stick his hands in his side so he could be sure it was Jesus who was crucified that now stood before them alive. They had been through some unprecedented things. They were, they were adapting to a completely new life 
a, a risen Jesus who, who wasn't there in the same way, wasn't there every day, that they didn't hear as clearly, that they didn't see face to face. That's why when, when they are in the boat and they can't catch fish all night and the sun's just coming up, there's this guy on the side and they don't even recognize that it's Jesus. They hadn't fully adapted yet to this new reality. There, there's something about the risen Christ that he, he doesn't look the same or looks different or maybe they just can't believe their eyes again and again that Jesus is alive. And Jesus stands on the shore and says, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they reply. And then Jesus does something I love. Don't you love it when you're doing something and someone who's not doing it tells you how it should be done? It makes you feel all tingly inside, doesn't it? Yeah, it's really helpful when you're doing something and someone who's not doing it tells you how it should be done. This is basically how I spend my, all my time at home. You can ask Cheryl. You know, but, I, but I come by it honestly. It's, it's the Mets, my grandmother Mets. It's that side. I remember a Thanksgiving, Cheryl and I were newly married, and we were having Thanksgiving at my, my parents' house. Now, this was late 80s, early 90s, and my mother was trying to cook the turkey in the roaster she got in 1946 as a wedding present, and it wasn't going well. It really, it was late, it wasn't going well. So we were in the TV room, probably with football on, and everyone's talking about the turkey, and my dad says, I know what you ought to do. <laughs> And Cheryl turned around, literally her head was spinning around, and she looked at him and says, Keith, have you ever cooked a turkey in your life? And he said, well, no. Then be quiet. We were, we were just married, so she said, be quiet, not shut up. And then Cheryl left the room, and my dad turned to me and said, you know, just because I've never cooked a turkey doesn't mean I don't know how it should be done. I said, Dad, I'd sort of keep that to yourself if you know what's best for you. <laughs> so here are the disciples. All night long, they haven't caught a single fish. And here's this guy on the side telling them how they should be doing it. Have you any fish? No, they reply. Put your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. You can hear the disciples grumbling, can't you? What's he mean, the right side of the boat? Does he mean the right side or does he mean the correct side? Shouldn't he be saying starboard and port? I mean, this is a boat, come on. We've never done it that way before. We've always had the net over here. But fortunately, one of them decided, let's try it. Let's adapt Let's change. And they put that net down on the right side of the boat and it instantly filled with fish. And then the moment those hands grabbed the net and it felt so taut, they knew it was Jesus because this is what happens when Jesus shows up. You know, it's not just life as normal. As soon as they felt that net so tight, so taut that they could not even lift it, they knew, they knew that that was Jesus, that they were being encouraged by the risen Christ to adapt, to change, and great things would happen. That I love, because that's where we are today. We're in the same boat, you see. Jesus isn't here 
the same in person. We don't see him face to face. We don't hear him. But Jesus is always standing there, always standing by, always encouraging us, always helping us, just like he was for those disciples. We've been through some unprecedented stuff. Look at the adapting we have done in the last two years. Do you remember when church closed? That was awful, wasn't it? And then you had to figure out how to bring church up on your TV or phone or call somebody about 11 years old and ask them how to do that. (laughs) And you thought, well, that was nice watching church, but it's not the same, right? Then you remember when we we came back for the first time and every other pew was taped. And I don't know why Pastor Allen did it, but he closed my pew. This is my pew. He didn't close Mabel's pew. Her pew's wide open, right? And then we came back without masks. You know, it was so interesting because the whole world was telling us you should not be gathering inside in groups. But that's what we do as the church, isn't it? That's why we come here, to be reminded that we're not alone, that we're not isolated, that that God's love's for us, but it's also for everybody. That's why we come to church. That's why I love that image of a boat, that the boat is always moving forward. It's not moving back. Sure, you can put a boat in reverse, but it's not fun. But a boat is always moving forward. And a boat is not a destination, but a way to someplace else. That's how we should see the church. Oh, we've, we've adapted a lot. We probably have more adapting to do, but it's okay because we are here and Jesus is always standing there encouraging us, calling to us, helping us until he comes back one day. Now, I know at times it seems the world is in trouble. It can seem that the world is, you know, there's storm clouds on the horizon, that we don't know what the future will hold for our world, for our denomination, for our nation. We just don't know. It can seem very dark. But isn't that the best time to shine your light? Who wants a flashlight in the middle of a sunny day? It's worthless, right? But one bulb, one candle in a dark room shines everywhere. We are the church today. We are the ones moving forward. We are the ones that Jesus is going to use today to change the world. Can we let our light shine in the darkness of the world? Can we proclaim that there's a better way to live life and that life does not end here, but goes on forever through Jesus Christ? Can we be found faithful? That's all we have to do. The success of the church does not rely on us. It relies on Jesus. Thanks be to God. All we have to do is listen and be faithful and obedient. And Jesus will take care of the rest. Amen? Amen. Amen.